everyone, Denise here, and welcome to Color Victim. I spent a lot of time thinking about who should be your first story, and then it hit me. Vanessa Guillen. Vanessa was a 20-year-old Mexican-American U.S. soldier who was murdered inside the Fort Hood military base in Texas by a fellow soldier. This story really fills my heart with glee because I read and saw many interviews about a strong sisterhood and family come together to give Vanessa a voice. After Vanessa's tragic murder, her name became more than a statistic. It became a voice to thousands of, of other men and women to speak up against the harassment they're receiving in camp while serving our country. So again, I'd like to thank you for being here and listening to Vanessa Guillen's story. I'm trying to think of where to begin. So a lot of my information is from articles that I found repeated themselves a lot. Um, but I found a platform called Red Table Talk. And some of you may be thinking just like I did. Oh, that series with Jada Pickensmith and her mom and her daughter, which I thought was, you know, that. But then I found that Gloria Stefan had her own like spin-off version of it with her daughter and one of the hosts of El Gordo y la Flaca. And some of my non-Latino audience members right now might be thinking, that name Gloria Stefan is so familiar. Well, let me show you really quick. that song it brings back so many memories um it's like you know those sunday mornings when mom and dad wake up and that when you hear that music blasting you're like crap we have to clean the house um and as a kid oh my god i hated it but you know i'm in my mid-20s now and like today i had to clean my room and man those old jenny rivera songs were coming up all that all those oldies and i'm like I am turning into my parents. This is great. <laughs> um, but in this interview, we get to see Vanessa's mom and sister just break down and talk about the story of when they found out she went missing, how her mother cried and cried when she found out that they found her remains. Like this, like, spoiler, this, it's just horrible to watch. But shout out to Gloria Stefan and this interview. It was so well made and you could really see the emotions through the screen and just like, wow. But the interview starts off with Vanessa's mom telling a story about how Vanessa was just a fighter from the womb. Vanessa was born on September 30th in Houston, Texas with a breathing disorder. The doctors told mom that she wasn't going to survive, but mom prayed and Vanessa fought, and within 15 days, they were discharged. So just to get an idea of how strong this girl was, you're just like, damn. Her family's from Zacatecas, and for those of you who don't know, it's a central state in Mexico where they're known to have that reputation of being one of the largest agricultural needs for sugar canes and drinks like rum and mezcal. So shout out to our foreign countries, pulling through for the United States and continuing to contribute to our country. 
So Vanessa's mom gives the memory of Vanessa on how she was always super strong and athletic. She loved playing sports because she knew she was going to go into the army. Since she was about 12 year old, she would tell mom, I'm going to go to the army. And like any other mom was like, oh shit, damn it. Uh, that's, I think that's, that's, that's fair for any parent or loved one to worry about their child because we see all these things on the media of young people who go into the army and how it affects them and how our soldiers do so much for our country. So of course no parent would be at least super glad right away to know their child wants to go to the army. So she tried to convince her like, no, go to college and do this, do that. But Vanessa had her head strong. She said, no, I come from a strong lineage of family members who fought in the army. So Vanessa was ready to continue her family legacy and to make everyone proud. And this girl graduated in high school in 2018, top 15% of her class, played soccer, played sports, and had a huge, brought a huge honor to her family. After high school, Vanessa packed her things, said her last goodbye, and mom talks about how she knew in her heart, like moms do, that that was the last time she was going to see her daughter. Vanessa was placed in the Fort Hood Army Base in the heart of Texas, which this I didn't know because I'm from California and you know us Californians, we for some reason always block off all the other states. And Fort Hood Army Base was is larger than New York City. It serves over 36,000 active duty soldiers and has over 40, no, excuse me, not 40, 400,000 retirees, survivors, and family members. And although this camp base serves so many people and does so much for our country, it's also known to be one of the deadliest ones. As of 2020, there have been over 28 deaths and only one was combat related. Like, just think of that. All the numbers I just gave you, and in just one year, we had 28 deaths and only one, like, I can't even, like, it just, like, gives more voice to what happened to Vanessa and all the other people who are victims and all the other people who are still, probably still going through this. Like, this is just last year, and we're just finished up January, and who knows, this could be still going on, and this is just in Texas. Not even just Texas Forehood, this is just one camp base. Like, I'm just like, I don't know, I don't even know what to say, but let's keep going. Um, this is just so heartbreaking. In just a year, so in just 2020 again, there were over 200 sexual assault complaints. It's just, oh, oh my gosh, I just, I, I'm sorry, I keep pausing. I don't even know what to say at this point. I just want to, I'm just like pulling out my hair and my mouth keeps dropping to the floor like how is this okay as we all know you know the army has their own laws their own government and Lo que pasa dentro, que se queda dentro, no, no. to which vanessa's mom translates in what happens in fort hood stays in fort hood she says no you could just hear the pain in vanessa's mom's voice it's just heartbreaking so now that I gave you guys some background on who Vanessa was and who her family is, it's time now to get into her investigation.
So Vanessa joined the army in June 2018, right after high school, and was placed in Fort Hood to be trained as a 91F. So just pause right there. I do not come from a family who is involved at all with anything having to serve for their country as strong as I support them and salute to them and thank them. I know nothing of these terms, so a lot of this is Googling and, you know, Google's my homie, just like everyone else knows and, you know, everyone depends on Google, which is kind of sad, but hey, if I didn't have Google, I don't know what I'd do with my life, honestly. I'm a college student, so I depend on these things. So a 91F is a department that repairs and ensures that firearms are working properly. This department completes the repairs and maintenance on all kinds of things like firearms, missiles, artilleries, and you know these, these, these jobs are important. They're to make sure our soldiers are protected, that you know their equipment is worked well, and as horrifying as that is, um, this is a really important job. And in my head, I'm like, I don't even know much about this, but this girl had to be really smart. Like Vanessa, she had, you know, the, all these logistics having to do with checking these things. And she's just, wow, it's just really cool. I, you know, I didn't know there are so many different, of course it makes sense. But you know, once you really start looking into the details of what our soldiers do for our country, it's just, it's just amazing. So Vanessa advanced from private first to specialist on July 1st. Private first is basically like a rank that's at a title as like a junior enlisted personnel and a specialist is a higher military rank where she's now handling more intense armed forces. And in the United States these armed forces and the recruits uh, enlist in a four-year college degree so it helps them enter basic combat training and it's just it's just wow like she was already killing it and doing well and not, not well she's amazing in just a month so kudos to her i, I don't know i'm just taking a pause the investigation started in april 22nd that's when she was last seen. Within that short year, Vanessa kept in contact with her family. You know, spoke on the phone. She went home, to, you know, to visit. And like moms, this, like they do, mom had that instinct of how sick and depressed her daughter was looking. Vanessa had lost a ton of weight. Her smile was disappearing. She wasn't as verbal as she used to and her sisters knew something was going on. Mom knew this isn't her, this isn't my daughter. Something is going on and she's not telling me. Months passed and the last conversation, the last few conversations Vanessa had with her mom were about her mom's concern for her. She's like, you need to tell me what's going on. I'm, I can't sleep. 
I'm stressed just thinking about you. You're not talking to me as much as you used to. Please tell me what's going on. And it took a few conversations to get Vanessa to open up because I mean, damn, how do you tell your mom what I'm about to say? Vanessa finally says, okay, mom, I'm gonna tell you, but this has to stay between us. And her daughter, her mom says, yes, 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 please just tell me. I'm being sexually harassed. Mom just breaks down and she's like, I knew it. I knew something was going on. And mom said, tell me that name. Tell me his name. Tell me, their, tell me, tell me. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. And our moms go through hell and back just to bring us to this earth and to hear that someone is hurting your daughter. It's just, I, I can only, I don't have kids, but I can only think about how heartbreaking it can be. And mom was gonna get down. She's like, tell me the name. I'm gonna go report it. I'm gonna do everything I can to bring you back home. You are not going back. I'm going to protect you. This is not gonna happen again. And Vanessa just silently and quietly says, mom, no, I tried. And this is kind of where I have a really hard time with it. Vanessa told her family, her friends, and other fellow soldiers of what was going on. And she found out that she wasn't the only one. Even if you wanted to report it, they don't really care. And how old is this conversation? I also read a lot of comments on like the interviews that I researched on and they're like, why didn't she say anything? If she said something, it would have been better. And I'm like, hold on. How hard is it just, first off, just to even speak up? Her, Vanessa loved her mom and trusted her and it was hard for her to even tell her mom what makes you think she was gonna go tell the supervisors or above the supervisor what was going on to her because the very person who was doing things to her were her supervisors we all know from history I showed us multiple times if you open your mouth it's only gonna butt you in the butt later so Vanessa was a hero she was is horrible to think about but she was taking it and she was probably thinking I need to keep going she took she even told her mom I took an oath so this where she was meant more to her than what was happening to her which is just awful she shouldn't have even had to go up through this she should have been worrying about why she didn't get something right in her training why when the next I don't know it's just she should have been worrying about so many other things than what was happening to her. Fast forward to April 22nd. That's when Vanessa first goes missing. And her sister, Myra. It took Myra about a day to hop in her car and speed over to Fort Hood because she didn't get a text message from her sister in just a few hours. So. That is just heartwarming to know that they had that relationship for her to be like, no, something's wrong. She called, uh, I think it was like her supervisor, some, someone in the, in the camp and told them, hey, I'm on my way. My sister's not answering me. And they told her, yes, 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 please come. Like, we'll stay up for you. Myra got to the base around three in the morning and they turned her around because no one was awake. Like, what the hell? But 
Myra didn't stop. She rented a hotel, stayed the night. First thing in the morning, went straight back looking for her sister. And like, oh my God, I'm like trembling. The officers let her into Vanessa's room to pick up on anything, which in itself is weird. You know, like why would they let her go into a room? How about you tell me where my sister is? I don't, maybe I didn't pick up anything, you know, on those, like I said, these, these stories are really hard to get information from because there's just so little information. But Myra went into Vanessa's room and guess what she found? Vanessa's car keys, her ID card, her bank card, and other personal belongings. Like we all know and how many, if you guys are fellow crime lovers, how many stories have we heard when victims leave behind these necessities, it wasn't their fault. Something happened to them. Like I have to scream this in. Something happened to them. They didn't just happen out of nowhere. Like the most, the most important belongings, I can't. So after Myra found her belongings, she went back in to meet with some soldiers to, you know, talk about her sister. But she meets a really strange soldier. And this bastard's name is Aaron David Robinson. He was one of the males that was um, awaiting on my arrival for some odd reason. Mm. His presence just stood out to me because he didn't say a single word. He was just standing there. I was like, this guy knows something. This guy did something. I feel it in my heart. I I just know it. But there's no way of me proving it. He just started laughing. He He was laughing? laughing. laughing? I was like, there's nothing funny about the situation. So I got really upset and I just stood up and left. When he laughed, what was the reaction of the other Nobody would say anything. You guys... He was laughing. So for those of you who don't know, Aaron was the one, the prime suspect of murdering Vanessa. Once Myra left, she went back home and it's so heartbreaking. Her sister was there and her mom was at home one thinking, oh, she's going to come back with Vanessa. But that wasn't the case. It was claimed Vanessa's missing. So what did this family do? With no one to turn to for help, Vanessa's sisters, Maida and Lupe, took to social media and started the hashtag, Find Vanessa Guillen. Celebrities like Becky G and Salma Hayek used their spotlight to find Vanessa. And the search went viral as thousands joined the online effort to locate the missing soldier. So waiting, how many months is it? April, May, June. So, 90 days. On June 30th, there were contractors working on a site where they smelled something. Kinda weird. And around 8.30 that night, Vanessa's remains were found. And even though they did find those remains, it was just more awful than it sounds. They couldn't um, identify with it with their dental examination. They couldn't confirm her uh, whether it was her with the dental because her uh, Vanessa's uh, face was bashed in so badly there was no teeth for them to identify. 
Um, so that's why they had to send her body to a Dover Air Force Base to get examined in that fashion and confirm that it was her. That's why it took a lot longer than they expected. So that was Vanessa's family's attorney, Natalie Kawam, which, oh my gosh, you guys, this woman is brilliant. And she spent so much time and effort on giving Vanessa justice. When she speaks, there's so much emotion and she has no problem bashing on commanders, on the government, on anyone who stands in her and her and Vanessa's family's way to get her justice. Like this woman is incredible. She comes out a lot in the interviews with the families to, you know, be that support and also, you know, to be as an attorney. And this woman is just incredible at the things she says. But as we get back to reality and the remains were identified, this next part is horrific. When they found the remains, the media took this and ran with it. It was everywhere. And it's disgusting how the media was first to know before her family. Her mom and siblings got calls and text messages from family and friends saying, Oh my God, they found her remains. Look over here, this website. Look here, look there. Her mom just dropped to the floor crying. Yo viento mi teléfono. No, no, no es de mi hija. Ya mi corazón ya iba a parar. La niña no está muerta. Hija, no. Mami, si era la niña. No, hija, no. Dijo, sí, mami. Era nuestra Vanessa. Dije, no, yo la quería viva. Yo la quería viva. Dice, no, mami. La asesinaron esos miserables. Dije, ay, miserables. So if I were to translate that, mom was saying that she just couldn't believe that it was Vanessa because it's just so sad to hear that they still had hope that even though they found those remains, it didn't mean it was her. They still had that feeling that no, she's going to come back. And once they identified them, their family knew it had something to do with the army, that everything Vanessa had been telling them months prior was true. And Vanessa's mom goes on to talk about how her heart just stopped and how she got really sick, like physically sick, after knowing that Vanessa um, was identified as dead. So, as the investigation continued, Vanessa's family got the information that Aaron had made multiple attempts to go see Vanessa where she was working and he would turn in firearms every now and then until one day he decided to finally get his hands on her and the room where the investigators found um, a lot of blood, they said that Vanessa didn't go down without a fight. She was, you know, we all know was very strong. She was, you know, an active member. And it kind of made the family a little, just made the pain a little easier to hear that she didn't let herself go. She fought for her life until, you know, he finally got the hammer and brutally killed her. Um, they found out that he cleaned the room and that's when 
an accomplice comes into the story, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. So what investigators think happened next, he cleaned up, took her body in a big box and drove to a river about 20 miles out of Fort Hood, which in itself right there is already in like a huge question. The, uh, the attorney and the family wonder, how did he get out of there? Like there are multiple stops and guards to get out of Fort Hood and the fact that he just got there with got out with no problem just proves that, that they all had each other's backs no one's really innocent and he got out slate free so he found the river and this is where we meet Cecily and Aguilar to be honest, I don't think I'm saying her name right, but I could really care less. Come for me, bitch. But, so, she was married, apparently, to another soldier on the same army base. And they got separated because, ha ha ha, she was being unfaithful with, guess who? Aaron. And she became a part of the crime. This helped Aaron hide Vanessa's remains. She claims to have not done it, but she was an accomplice. So as the family got this information, the investigation continued and they found that Aaron had his phone on him throughout this whole thing. So it's like, I mean, pause. Like These criminals sometimes are so stupid. He had his phone yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it, does, it doesn't even seem like they, they try. They just do awful things and they're just stupid when they do them. But he had his phone with him and him and Cecily together buried Vanessa. And back in May when she was interviewed by police because of Aaron's phone records, she claimed to have not known anything as well as Aaron, and she kind of went on her way. But, you know, later on, when they found more evidence, they saw that Cecily was just as involved as Aaron. So they interviewed her again. And that's where we confirm that Cecily helped Aaron dig up Vanessa. As she finally confessed, I don't know what kind of deal she had with the police where she claimed that she was going to help them catch Aaron and, you know, bring them more evidence. So she agreed to be wired as she spoke to Aaron. So it was kind of weird because she had to be wired for a few conversations they had. But of course, that one big one came along where he confessed to everything as well. Aaron says, quote, baby, they found the pieces, end quote. Like, that's just, ugh, like, I just, like, got goosebumps. That's just, ugh, that's just gross that she heard this as a woman and helped him. I don't I, I, there's just, like, no words to describe how horrific these supposedly Bonnie and Clyde couple, which is so far from him, but let's be honest, that's probably what they thought they, what they resembled, but whatever. So now that the police finally have enough evidence to charge Aaron, they go after him on June 30th 
and Aaron finds out that they're after him. So around 8.30, he feels them closing in on him and takes his life. When word got out that Aaron took his life, there were a lot of conspiracies around whether or not he actually committed suicide or if someone killed him, uh, you know, to cover something else up. Vanessa's mom commented on an interview that she feels that he was going to confess just like Cecily did, but, you know, the army didn't want word to get out, so they killed him. I don't really know what to believe, but the way I see it is the one who committed this crime is now gone. So the family and myself and a lot of other people don't feel like justice was completely served, but that's not going to stop the Guyan family. So we are now in a situation where our murderer is dead and the only one that's left is Cecilia. This, her attorney filed a motion to delay her prosecution and she is now set up to, you know, go into jury selection March. So it's about, you know, in a few weeks. So I will be giving some update on her trial, but it's just complete BS and I'm not going to go on and talk about Cecilia because I'm not going to give her the time of day and she doesn't deserve a platform. Because this case is so new, there's not really an ending yet. This is still an ongoing case. So what's going on right now is the family is trying to pass a bill with the help of our magnificent attorney, Natalie, who I will be playing a clip from the Table Talk interview where she explains how we can get involved and more information on the bill and why it's so important. She's also going to be discussing in this clip when the family met with past President Donald Trump in December of last year and she says it beautifully how this isn't a left or right conversation. This is a human rights conversation. Serving our country. We can't abandon them. You're stuck for four years there. You can't quit just because you were sexually assaulted. What do we do? When I saw the family grieving, I said, this is the only thing that I could do for this family to bring Vanessa back. Her spirit will live with us. Her fight will be with us forever. And this draft of the I am Vanessa Gein bill, I literally drafted it like a glove to the hand with Vanessa. What happened on the military world? If Vanessa was harassed, she would have to call somebody in her unit and tell them about it. That's not confidential. Yeah. What it would allow is a third party to take the phone call, investigate it, and she would have the confidentiality, the non-conflict. This would allow our men and women to have the confidence that they can report it. And then that third party would say, A, do you want to move or do you want him to be removed? Because right now they've removed the victim. You would have them reviewing it and investigating it and giving them right to file a claim. We're not going to fix it by crying. We're going to fix it through legislation because the law has to change. The military needs reform. Right now, there's no accountability, so people do as they want. The victims have to live with it. It's you terrible. went to the White House. We met with President Trump, and he was very gracious about putting us in the Oval Office and hearing the story. And the reason that was so important was because 
This is not a Democratic or Republican issue. It cannot be politicized. We will lose that battle. This is a human rights issue. And out of pain is how you make advances. What can we do? We can call all our congressmen and senators and say vote yes for I am Vanessa Guillenville. Every person that calls her senator or congressman or sends an email, so you document it. An email. I want you to pass a Vanessa Guillen bill. We will not allow you to say no to this. We need at least two-thirds vote, which is not a lot, but it's enough to either make it or break it. So you heard her, everyone. We need to email our governors and get involved. This started with a horrible beginning. We lost a beautiful soul. But... She left us a gift. She left us a voice. She left us a reason to continue and fight for her and all the other soldiers who are putting their lives at risk for us. I am here to give her a voice. I am here to give a lot of people a voice, mainly to those of color because these stories die down and I want to be a part of a change where we get to hear more stories of these brave and innocent people who are constantly being ignored because of the color of their skin, because of the language they speak, or even because of their poverty level. Rest in peace Vanessa and we hope we make you proud. Ugh, you guys, that was so brutal. Um, this story's really hard to follow because of the small amount of information we're given. But I am glad I did it. I am glad I am here. I am glad I was just one more voice added towards Vanessa's story. So, this is my first episode and it's about 12 a.m. while I'm editing this and jeez. If I would get a dollar for every time I said the word and or heartbreaking, I would be set for a few months. I am going to not use those words as much and I will promise to extend my vocabulary because holy crap, that kind of sucked. But I do promise to do better. Please stay tuned for some bloopers I'm going to give and there we go again. But stay tuned next week, February 15th, where I will be discussing the horrible murder of Vincent Chin. April 2020. How many months is that? April, May, June, July. Wait, my math is so wrong. June, April, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. So like a year? Oh my gosh, this is going to be one of the bloopers. Order and shot him. A lot of the public. Can you guys hear my dog snoring in the background? Can you hear that? Hold on. Yeah, that's not me. This fool. Hold on. I have to start over. <laughs> After Vanessa's... Oh my god, that dog.